So today I'd like to take a reading in 2 Kings chapter 4 from verse 8. It is about a prophet called Elisha and we know that Elisha was a spiritual son to Elijah. He carried the mantle of the prophet Elijah. Hallelujah. And we know that Elijah was the horseman and the chariot of Israel. Now this is a story just shortly after Elijah left and Elisha picked up that mantle. There were certain wars and famines that took place. But there's a story that I want us to look at. Because I believe when a man understands something, there's a certain stability and peace that comes into your life as a believer that will hold you steadfast and sure to the end that you will not be shaken or woven in this Christian walk. Hallelujah. Many times I see believers walk as if they are a victim of circumstance. And you just want to get them and tell them you're not a victim of circumstances. You've been given too much power. You've been given too much by what Christ did on the cross. You're to reign victorious in this life. Amen. We are different. You're not normal. He who is born of God is one spirit with the Lord. Hallelujah. So you're not normal. So there's a story I want us to read. So let's read. Um, and it says, And it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem, where there was a great woman. Women underline great women. There was a great woman. And she constrained him to eat bread. And it was so that often as he passed by, he turned thither to eat bread. And she said to her husband, Behold, I perceive that this, Elisha, is a holy man of God which passes by us continually. She said, Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick. And it shall be that when he comes to us, that he shall turn in hither. And it fell on a day that he came thither and turned into the chamber and lay there. And Elisha said to Gehazi, his servant, Call this Shunammite. And when he had called her, she stood before him. And he said unto him, Say unto her, Behold, thou hast been so careful for us with all this care. What is to be done for you? Wouldest thou be spoken for to the king or to the captain of the host? And she answered and said, I dwell among mine own people. Praise the Lord. To give it context, there's a woman in the land of Shunem. She perceives and sees this man moving around. And she perceived by the spirit that Elisha was a man of God. She wasn't introduced to him in a service. She didn't hear him preach, hear him prophesy, nothing. She perceived by the spirit that this man was a man of God. And out of that wanting to honor what was on his life, she set apart with her husband a place where he could find comfort and rest during his journeys. Praise God. This story shows that Elisha was so comfortable and blessed. He asked servant Gehazi, what can we do for this woman? What can we give this woman as a thank you for what she has done to us? Now to show that this woman was not giving to get something out of the man of God, when he asked her, what do you want? She said, 
I'm satisfied. I live among my own people. There is nothing that I desire. She was complete and whole. I don't know if she knew the verse, she's complete in him who is the head of all principalities and powers. But she had a certain fulfillment that there was nothing lacking. Amen. So she blessed this man of God so much until the point where he said, no, there must be something I can give you. And he said in the next verse, Elisha said, what then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered and said, verily, she has no child and her husband is old. Have you heard? There was a place where this woman was barren. She had no children and her husband was aged. There was something in her that had not given attention to the fact that she had no child. She didn't see it as a place of incompleteness. There was something that hadn't conceived that she had not had a child. Yet, Gehazi said, Master, she actually has no child here. And her husband is old. Next verse. And he said unto her, Elisha said, Call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the door. And he said, About this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, Nay, my Lord, thou a man of God, do not lie to thine handmaiden. Have you noticed that when she had not conceived that she was barren in her spirit, when the man of God sent that word, she conceived. Have you heard? We know that the seed is the word of God. Every seed is to be conceived and understood by a woman to bring forth the manifestation of that very thing. Had she have said to the man of God, I am barren, I want a child. It means there was a certain conception already that she would have understood to have been barren. But because she had not, it was too easy. It looks too easy for her to conceive that seed. Amen? And about this season, according to the time of life, she shall embrace a son. Next verse. And the woman conceived. Praise the Lord. It is so important that as a child of God, you learn to keep your heart from certain things. Because it's the place that the heart conceives the word. Every time a word is spoken from a prophet, from a man of God, from the word itself in your prayers, that seed has potency and potential to bring manifestation in your life. It's just now getting strength to conceive that seed. Praise the Lord. So the woman conceived and she bare a son at that season that Elisha had said unto her according to the time of life. Next verse. And when the child was grown, it fell on a day that he went out unto his father to the reapers. And he said unto his father, my head, my head. And he said to the lad, carry the boy to his mother. When they had taken him to the mother and brought him, he sat on her knees until noon and died. Praise God. So this is a woman who didn't have a child. The man of God spoke. She conceived seed. She knew he was not a normal child. He was a supernatural child. She conceived seed. Then the day comes where he gets a headache and he dies. He's laid on her knees 
and she's passed. What she does next is so important. And that's where I want us to dig deep therein. Imagine she has a child, she's in the house, the child is on her knee. And it said in the next verse, and she went up, she took the boy, she laid him on the bed of the man of God, and she shut the door. Then she goes outside. Imagine her husband had not yet heard the report that the boy has died. The husband still knows he had a headache. She has gone inside to see the mom. The mom comes outside and she calls into her husband and she says, send me, I pray, one of the young men, one of the asses, that I may run to the man of God and come again. And the husband says, why would you go to the man of God today? It's neither new moon nor Sabbath, meaning he didn't know. He didn't know the boy was dead inside. He was bleak. He said, why would you go to the man of God today? There's no special occasion. There is no new moon. There is no Sabbath. And she said to him, it shall be well. This woman had a certain steadfastness of heart. First, she had not conceived that she was barren. Secondly, she has not conceived that this boy has died. She has said, "Ah, ah, it shall be well. Praise the Lord. She leaves home. She saddles the ass. She gets the servant. She tells the servant, drive, go forward. Slack not thy riding for me, except I bid thee next verse. So she went and came to the man of God at Mount Carmel. And it came to pass when the man of God saw her afar off, he said to Gehazi, his servant, yonder, behold, yonder is that Shunammite. Not Ashunamite, he said, that one, that one, she has come. Next verse. He says, run now, I pray thee to meet her and say to her, is it well with you? So this is, Elisha is telling Gehazi, go and ask her, is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with your child? Praise God. And she answered and said, it is well. She had that confident assurance that when she left home, she knew she just had to look for the man who carried the presence of God. As soon as she reaches, it's sorted. Praise the Lord. When she left home, she told her husband, honey, it shall be well. Don't worry about it. Don't go inside. Don't check the bedroom. Just stay there. Carry on your reaping. I'm coming back. It shall be well. By the time she reaches the man of God, because in the Old Testament, we know that the Old Testament, God's spirit would come on certain men. It wasn't something that was available for all at any period of time. So she had to look for the man that carried the presence. As soon as she reached that place, she knew it sorted. It is well. Her child was lying dead at home, but she knew I've reached the presence. It is well. Praise God. Next verse. And when she came to the man of God on the hill, she caught him by the feet, but Gehazi came near to thrust her away. And the man of God said, leave her alone for her soul is vexed within her. But the Lord has hid it from me and he hath not told me. This woman had refused that testimony that the boy had died. 
Her heart had not conceived a matter, meaning that the spirit realm also carried that same testimony that her boy is well. So why would he tell Elisha that it is not well when everyone else was in agreement that it is well? Praise the Lord. Now this goes beyond the place of positive speech. You know your heart actually speaks. Your heart speaks. And you can tell a mile away someone who is speaking, but their heart has not yet agreed. You know those stories. The doctor gives you a bad report. You're saying, it is well. It is well. It is well. But everything about them, their heart has already indicted that matter of, they've already calculated their will. There are certain things they're working in the back of, oh, who will I leave the children with? Who will I leave the car with? Oh, who's going to look after the house? Who will I leave the business with? There is a way. This woman was in perfect agreement. Not only her speech were just as a consequence to that sure and steadfastness that she knew it is well. For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now, in today's world, we see many times where things come at a believer to shake their faith, not shake their faith, to, to test their faith, to try. And in those moments, how you respond to certain matters matter. How you respond in that moment where a report has come to shake your world. It matters. There is a place where your heart can be so at peace that you know the worst report can come. This woman had one child and that one child had died, but she knew, no, 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 no. It is well. The God who opened her womb to conceive cannot cause her to conceive something just for it to die. Praise the Lord. That's not the God we have. I have a, an interesting story of my own personal experiences. And this is where God ministered to me a certain way. That when I first came to Uganda, God stripped away everything that I used to rely on. He stripped away everything that I had confidence and faith in. And there was a particular day where the reports were so many that I was overwhelmed. And I was overwhelmed to the place where I thought, you know what? When I'm overwhelmed, let me sleep. Let me try and shut up the flesh. In my sleeping, I had dream after dream after dream of how I was going to die. Every possible way. This was very early on in my early days. And I'm thinking, yeah, what is this? Every five minutes I would wake up. I'd have that. I'd be like, no, 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 no. Let me sleep again. I sleep again. I get another one. I get another one. I get another one. Until I, I just decided, you know, sleep's not going to help me this time. But I still was not mature enough to know what to do or how to address certain things until there was a point where I was walking to the bathroom because I just didn't know what else to do. I was walking to the bathroom and the Holy Spirit mentioned a statement and this statement came with such assurance of peace that thing never came back. He mentioned this statement 
in a joking matter. He said, did I bring the children out of Egypt to kill them in the wilderness? That thing made me laugh so hard. I was in the bathroom. It tickled me so bad. Did God bring me to Uganda to kill me from here? No. No, 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 no. Can God take you somewhere just to kill you from there? No, 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 no. That statement came. It made me laugh. I think I laughed off all the fear. Everything from that day on, I have had that sure knowledge that he was the one that brought me here. Therefore, he's the one that's going to keep me here. Praise the Lord. Now, this woman had that assurance in her heart that though every testimony was contrary to what she had thought, she knew God would not give me a child and allow it to die early. Let me give you a story, an example of Jesus and his disciples where again bad reports came. Uh, it's Mark 4.36 and this is an example of the disciples walking with Jesus. They are with God himself in the flesh. Yet this scenario came and it's quite funny when you think about it in a certain way. And it says, and when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in a ship and there were also with him other little ships. Next verse. And there arose a great storm and the waves beat in the ship so that it was now full of water. The Amplified says that it was of hurricane proportions. I don't know how many of us have lived through hurricanes, but just think about it. Those are serious gusts of winds. They were in a small flimsy boat. These ones of Entebbe where they do fishing. You know, those small, small things with the little sail. It wasn't a big ferry. You know those big P&O ferries that can weather the storm and you know you're comfortable yet the tempest is outside. No, they were in something small yet they were with God himself. And it says a furious storm came and a beating and the, and the place became filled. Next verse. And Jesus was in the back part of the ship. He was asleep. He was asleep on a pillow. They had to wake him up. Imagine the winds are pouring. When the winds are shaking, like the boat is actually shaking. Yet Jesus is sound asleep. The rain is hitting him, yet he's fast asleep. And they said unto him, Master, care us not that we are perishing. Jesus, why are you indifferent? We are perishing. Help us. Jesus woke up. I'm sure he didn't say much. He just woke up. And he looked at the wind and said, Shh, peace. And the wind stopped. Now what did this show? That shows how many people respond to those scenarios in life where things come and the evil report comes. The panic starts. The fear arouses. And as I was, visions start popping in your head. Thoughts come. And here they were telling Jesus, Jesus, you're asleep. Come on. What's that? May that happen in your life where the winds and the rains pour, yet men look at you and they are asking, how are you at peace? How? How are you at peace? Praise the Lord. In these moments, it really matters 
how you respond. But I thank God that through the example that Jesus gave, he woke up and he knew how to address that tempest. And that's the power God has given you and I as his children. When certain situations come, Luke talks about those situations that come on account of the word in you. They have not come to destroy you. They've come to just test and provoke that word in you. You know exactly how to respond to a situation. The Bible says that if any man offend not in speech, he is a perfect man, able to what? Riddle the whole body. Many men in those situations, I've always said this, if in those situations when it seems too much and you're not going to speak words that are in agreement with the word, keep your mouth closed. Why? Because the Bible is clear that life and death are in the power of the what? The tongue. Meaning as our father has always taught, life and death carry no power in themselves. Life and death carry no power in themselves. The Bible says that though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. People read that verse as if they are walking through death itself. Like I'm walking through, but I will fear no evil. No, you are not walking. You're walking through the valley of the shadow. Death and life have no power in themselves. God says, the place that I have put power is in your tongue. That is where the power lies. That power is in your tongue and in how you speak. I love this verse in the TPTY. It says, your words are so powerful that they will kill or give life. And the next part, and the talkative person will reap the consequences. Praise the Lord. How you speak in your place of testation matters. How you speak. If you don't know how to speak, shh, let someone speak for you. Find those people that can remind you of what is true. But how you speak matters. Praise the Lord. That face that was on the Shunammite woman, that she knew. She didn't go outside screaming, honey, 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 help me. The boys died. Starting to cry, weeping. No, she kept herself composed. Now in that situation in your life, that composure comes. That composure is there. And that wisdom that by Christ he has been made to you wisdom, that wisdom comes bubbling out. Truth comes bubbling out. You can see a man that has sat under the word a long time, someone will speak something and they will cut back with the scripture. They are skillful in the word of doctrine. Amen. The Bible says that that which is seen is temporal, but that which is not seen is eternal. One version says that which is not seen is deathless. There is no death in it. Everything that you've seen with your eye is temporal. Anything, any report, anything that has happened is temporal. It is subject to change and can change for the man who knows how to command that change. Praise the Lord. I gave an example in the first service, HIV AIDS. They say there is no cure, but to us by the word, we know 
that it is temporal. Why? Because it has been seen with a microscope. When it is seen with a microscope, it puts it in the category of definition that it's temporal. I've seen it. Nothing. There is nothing that is not subject to change. Praise the Lord. And it changes where? For your good. It changes for your good. All things work together for my good. For the good of them that love him and are called according to his purpose. Praise the Lord. Whatever comes in your life, by your speech, you can direct that thing and send it back. You are not, I will repeat, a victim of circumstance. Things will come to try, but you are not at its mercy. It is at your mercy. Praise the Lord. Now, when you understand how much power has been given a new believer, when you understand the power that you walk with, you don't walk like a victim on the earth. There are some days I wake up and I'm so, I don't want to say excited, but excited, joyous, happy that I feel I could walk on the air. Because this thing is so good. You just want to float. This thing is so good. We have been given such good and precious promises. And we know that he who promised is what? Faithful to fulfill those promises. So why in those moments do many men fall back? The Bible says he who falls back or, you know, falls apart in a crisis. Really, there was nothing of substance to him. But that's not us. Those ones didn't come. We don't fall apart in a crisis. We look unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, meaning that he defined your journey. He authored. He's the writer of your journey. He's writing your book. He has written your script. And he's the one that will finish your script. Praise the Lord. Being confident of this very thing that he who began that good work in you will perform it until the day of Christ. Not only is he writing your script, he is performing your script. He says this life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. If you think you don't have enough faith, just rest in that place that I live by his faith. I live by his faith. I walk every day by his faith. Praise the Lord. Now, this place is so important because how you respond in that moment matters and will define whether you fail in that day of adversity or whether you will thrive and overcome. When I was younger, I was such a fearful child. You can ask my mother. I couldn't even go to a shop and buy something because I feared talking to strangers. I had that mind, that anxious mind of, I had already calculated every possible scenario that could go wrong and said that, no, it's safer just to stay where I am and not talk to the stranger. There was a time when we went shopping in the supermarket with my young sister. And my young sister wandered off. I think she'd gone to look for a toy. And I was stuck on my mom because I was the wise one that didn't leave mom's side because I didn't want to be the one to get lost. 
I was stuck on my mom saying, Mom, she has gone. She has moved. Mom, Mom, look. Mom, look, she has gone. Mom, she has gone missing. Why are you not bothered? My mom stayed at that counter, paid for her things, did not move. She's like, she'll come back. I'm like, mom, you don't understand. Someone can take her, someone can steal her, someone can kill her. Mom, I was that child. <laughs> no, that is fearful. That was fearful. My mom knew she would come back. Don't worry about it. I think experience had taught her. But how much more we, when we have this knowledge, that we have the life of Christ inside of us. We have not been given a spirit of fear anymore, but a spirit of love, peace, and a sound mind. We are called to a life of peace. We are called to a life of peace. The life of a believer is that you can sleep in any storm because you have a confident assurance that the storm is only part of the journey. My end is sure. Praise God. Your end is sure. Tell your neighbor, my end is sure. We live a good life. We live a good life. I love that verse that we've been born again, begotten unto a lively hope. I don't know how you can have a dead hope, but I have a lively hope. Praise the Lord. A lively hope. That verse says also a confident assurance. A confident assurance. I wake up every morning knowing today is a better day than yesterday. Tomorrow is a great day. I have this confident assurance that I'm kept by the power of God. It doesn't matter what goes on around me. I am kept. I'm a kept woman. I always say that he is my spouse. He is my maker. I'm a kept woman. He keeps me. He preserves me. Praise the Lord. These things that come contrary, I just have to look back at him. You know the example of Peter in the storm. At what point did he start to sink? When Jesus was walking on water and Peter said, Lord, if it be you, bid me that I come. Peter came and walked on water. But it says, and when Peter was come out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Now, why was this easy? Because he was looking at Jesus. He didn't see the storms. He didn't see the wind. He was looking at Jesus. He walked on that water. Next verse. But when he saw the wind's boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried, Lord, save me. Next verse. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore did thou doubt? He doubted when his attention turned from what was good to the testimony of the things around him. Looking unto Jesus, like I said, the author and the finisher of your faith. It does not matter what comes in the middle. Your end is sure. Your end is sure. Praise God. Now, this place of speech is so important. We know that when Jesus addressed the winds, he just commanded. He said, shh, winds, be still. 
He was above those winds to the place where he said, I'm trying to sleep. In your life, you are above. The Bible says you are seated together with him. Far above. Any circumstance that comes in your life, he says by that example, do the same. Just speak to that situation and shh. The Shunammite woman said, it is well. Our father, when he addresses men that he's praying for, he just says, you're healed, get up. He doesn't beg with it. He doesn't borrow it. He doesn't do what? Labor with it, negotiate, barter. No. Because by that example, he says that we may have boldness on a certain day. We may have boldness that as he is in this world, so are we in this world. When you have that boldness, that example of Christ addressing the storm, anything that comes your way, you have the power and the wisdom to address it and tell it to shush. Praise God. You have that power as a believer. The Bible says that the prayer of a righteous man avails much power. You don't just pray. Your prayer avails much power. That same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells on the inside of you. It's just that many times when circumstances come, people look at the wind and the waves and start to speak that testimony of what is not working as opposed to looking at what is working. Even if you don't see the testimony of it in the flesh, speak those things that are not as though they are, that the communication of your faith may become effectual. Praise the Lord. Um, Apostle Emery reminded us recently of a statement Muse made. He said, you will never live a supernatural life until you can learn to look at that which is not seen and not look at the things which you see by the senses. Once you learn to look at what is true, what is true, and you don't look at those things that you are looking at with your senses, you can feel something's interesting, you can see something is too low or too high, or you can see, look at the Shunammite woman, she saw with the eyes that the boy was limp, but she saw by the spirit that he's too alive. He's too alive. You will live a certain life of stability when you emphasize that which is not seen and speak that way. Speak that way. The Bible says you will reap the consequences. Now imagine you're a talkative person, but you're talkative for good. How many consequences you will have. You will reap that harvest. You will reap that harvest. Praise the Lord. There was another example I gave earlier of this boldness to come. The Bible says that this is love made perfect, that you will have boldness on that day of judgment. Judgment means crisis. That day, something comes and it looks like a crisis. It looks like something has gone amiss. Your child has you know, disappeared somewhere. Something has happened. Anything. That day of crisis, this is love made perfect. That we would know that as he is, so are we in this world. 
I love those examples our Father gives us. He used to ask those questions. Can Jesus fall sick? I know. Can Jesus be poor? Can Jesus be bitten by thieves? Yes. So as he is, so are you in this world. Praise God. You start to live as someone who knows they're under covenant. They are one with Christ. As he is, so am I in this world. When those reports come contrary, you just walk in your room, do a little dance and say, as he is, so am I in this world. I can't fail. I'm going upwards. I'm going upwards only. That is the testimony. When something comes and someone says, how's your day? You say, my day is blessed. It's going upwards and upwards. It's excellent. It's better than yesterday. Oh, but tomorrow will be even greater. You don't say, ah, it's been a horrible day. Can you imagine? This happened to me. They took my car. Oh, the police want this. No, 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 no. You say, it is well. It is well. Anything that happens in your life, you have the power to turn it around if you know how to address it properly. You can address it properly. I gave this example again that our father has a statement that he makes and I cling on to that statement. Anytime you take any problem or any scenario to Musei, he says, it's okay. I know what to do. He has that boldness that he knows nothing will come his way and he knows not what to do. Praise the Lord. There's a certain boldness that will start to grapple you a certain way that you get a bit crazy. When those reports come, you do something crazier. When those reports come that you have two weeks to live, I said you book a holiday for four weeks after you buy your clothes, you are sure you're going to go to Barbados that day. No sickness will stop you because you know your end is of the Lord. Your end is not premature. Your end is not premature. Praise the Lord. You have that boldness. You make certain statements. Your boss is crying. Your boss is wondering what to do. The business is crashing. You're like, ah, it's okay. I know what to do. You go to that room and you say, it can't die, I'm there. Life is in that business because I'm there. It can't die, it's going upwards, it's going upwards. You start to address those situations, defining that picture with your tongue. You write life. That's how you address certain circumstances in your life. Like I said, if there's one thing I want you to see is that you are above everything that will come in your life. You can never be defeated by something that's below you. You will only be defeated by something that's above. So you position yourself where you want to be positioned. Do you want to agree with God that you are above? Nothing can defeat you. Nothing. Or do you want to position yourself below and say, ye man of God, you're not answering my calls. My thing is not working. No, 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 no. We have this life. We have this confident assurance that guards your heart and mind in Christ. That thing that keeps you, that no matter what comes, you are kept. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts 
and minds through Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. That peace which surpasses all understanding. Those people that are around you asking you, how do you have peace? It doesn't make sense. Nothing's working. How do you still have peace? But it has kept and guarded your heart and your mind through Christ. Praise the Lord. You are in for a life of success. When you understand this thing, maturity comes. And maturity is that place where you take responsibility for everything that happens in your life. You can't blame anyone. You don't blame the government, their bad roads, what, what, these taxes. No, because that's not your source. You look above and you say, it doesn't matter. Our father is in a, he was, he was in a third world country. But look at Uganda now. Look at Fanero and what is coming out and touching the world. Why? Because he was mature to understand that he takes responsibility for everything about his life. You are not a victim of circumstance. You are not tossed to and fro by every scenario that comes in your life. No. You are sure and steadfast seated far above. You are called to be a conqueror. You causes you to triumph every time praise the lord praise god so like the shunammite woman that is our testimony that's us doesn't matter what is happening it is well allow that be conceived in your spirit like abraham he took his boy to the altar and he knew that the God who gave me this boy, I can smite him here on the altar. But because he gave me this boy for a promise, he has to raise him. It's not a case of I believing, I'm believing that he will raise him. No, it's like I'm sure. God actually had to stop him and say, first, first, I've seen your face. Okay, okay, we're good. No, Abraham had that sure and steadfast thing that even if it gets into the ground, he will raise it up doesn't matter what is happening. God is working on your behalf. That power that is available, dynamic, and it's working in and for you. It's not just in you, but it's working for you. It's working in your family for you. It's working in your business for you. That's our story. That is our story. Praise God. The Bible says that those who have believed have entered into rest. As we know, the Shunammites woman, when you look in the Hebrew rendering of Hanim, Hanim means rest. Hanim means quiet. Rest in quietness. Her spirit was so at peace and rested that the circumstance did not matter. The testimony did not matter. She found rest. Now Hebrew says, for those that have believed, not those that are believing, for those that have believed, we have entered into rest. Tell your neighbor, I can't die early. It's too late to fail. It is too late to fail. Praise the Lord. 
there is a certain boldness that grapples you and it doesn't matter what comes looking at you headstrong you look back and say aha i'm here to stay try me try me because you know you're sure and steadfast sure and steadfast i love that example of david when there was a crisis in israel a giant had come a giant that no one by human means could take over there was a crisis and the thing is if they lost against the giant all of israel were slaves to the philistines so they were careful who they put up in front of the philistine because if they lost they were all going to be slaves there was a crisis yet david comes David comes to feed his brothers and he starts hearing the evil testimonies of of how bad this guy was how big how strong how majestic how many he has killed and David comes much to the much much to the displeasure of the brothers actually I think there was a certain boldness on David because the brother said ye I know how you talk I think in the next verse somewhere David said something and his brother responded a certain way and Eliab his eldest brother heard when David spoke to the men and Eliab's anger was kindled against David and he said why did you even come with whom hast thou left these few sheep why because David had a relationship with God that Eliab didn't understand so that boldness came and Eliab just thought David was being proud no David was speaking from a place David came and said I see you have a problem. Aha, uh-huh. I'm a child of the covenant. Let me ask, before I go into the depths of the problem, what's in it for me if I win? What are you going to give the man that wins? Hypothetically, if I was to win in this scenario, uh-huh. Oh, what do you do for him? If a man could win, what would you do for him? Why? Because he was coming from the end of a matter that Samuel who had anointed his head with oil just chapters before and said you will be the king of Israel. David knew that it doesn't matter how many giants, how many bears, how many lions, he had a covenant on his life with God that his end was sure because he was defined by purpose. Therefore he knew and he had that boldness. Ah, uh-huh, come tell me. I'm a boy with no warrior experience, but you tell me what's in it for me. I'll win. And he did. Praise the Lord. He did. And that same is with you. You were created in Christ for good works. The Bible says he knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb and he called you. Every person here you were called and known by God before. He doesn't bring you thus far just to allow you perish now. No. He has said he has already moved on your behalf by his stripes you were healed. He has provided everything that you need. Everything that you need has been provided. He's saying just plug in. In those moments where the script changes or looks funny, speak the script that I'm supposed to speak. Speak the way that I'm supposed to speak. And as our father has said if he doesn't work the first time speak and speak and speak and speak and speak why because he who promised is faithful praise the lord he who promised is faithful you have that boldness you'll go to your workplace no challenge will be too big You'll ask your boss, "Hey, you having this problem? What's for the guy that manages to solve this issue?" 
you will look at things differently because child of god you are above you have the responsibility over everything that happens in your life it doesn't matter if it has happened by another person and it looks like it wasn't your fault you have the power to define and redefine that situation you are not at the mercy of any other man you have the responsibility and the power to define your way praise the lord now the shunamite woman was the only woman in scripture that was called great i have looked for other women other women are there but they have great faith but i've not seen another woman that was a great woman why she had faith it mentions how in the book of hebrews women received their dead the book of hebrews where it talks about faith it says women received their dead nothing in your life is too far gone that god can't turn something around for your good when you allow this settle in your life people will bring testimonies and you will not be moved you will know that you just need to speak one word and it's okay it is well with me they will ask you how's your husband you have not seen him in 2 years but you will say it is well your child might be sick and they may ask you how is he you will say it is well everything about you is kept by that power praise the lord So if there's one thing I want you to take away from this someone is that you are not a victim of any circumstance that's for the immature that are tossed to and fro when you have matured you realize that you are a conqueror in Christ he causes you to triumph daily there is nothing you are above you are above praise the lord when you see everything in your life and you see that you are above it nothing can tempt you nothing can tempt you now that is our portion in christ that is our portion and he has shown you how he has shown you how the bible talks of david when david's heart was overwhelmed he said take me to the rock that is higher than i if i ever have those situations and something comes and i see the soul you know looking at it i go to my room i start dancing if i can't speak scripture cause the overwhelming place is too much i start worshiping i turn my eyes to jesus if that's not enough i sleep through that storm but i go to my room i dance i say i can never fail i can never lose that's the only life i know i don't know any other the only life i know is i can never fail i can never lose the more i sing that song the more strength comes and wisdom comes and directs me on how to speak to a certain situation because i'm reminding myself of who i am in christ not what that testimony of that fake report has tried to bring hallelujah the bible says that strength will rise as you wait upon him strength rises it comes and you he gives you that strength to deal with that situation praise the lord there is nothing in this world that has the power to destroy you 
the Bible says, if my God be for me, who, who, who can be against me? And we know that he is for us. He's lavishing us in his love every day. His mercies are fresh. He's daily loading you with benefits. When you wake up in the morning, there's new things for you to enjoy. He's given you that good life every day. He's getting better and better and better. That's that confidence that we have in him. Hallelujah. When that settles in your spirit, you will be unmoved. Nothing will shake you. You will have that peace that weathers any storm because you know the storm by definition is temporal. It is temporal. Paul said they are light afflictions and they happen but just for a moment. Many of the things Paul went through, many people could not endure. But he called them light afflictions and he said, uh-uh, there's a far more exceeding weight of glory for us. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Paul says that forgetting that which was before, whatever was there before this sermon, forgetting that which was before, set your eyes, set your eyes on that which is ahead. He pressed on. Paul said in those momentary light afflictions, he pressed on towards the goal to win the supreme and heavenly prize to which God in Christ Jesus is calling us upwards. You have a plan and a purpose for your life bigger than yourself. God has called you He has called you. He knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. Press on to that goal. Everything else will fade away. Everything else will fade away. And you will rejoice in the storm. Praise the Lord. Can you just lift your hands to the Lord? Thank Him for what He has done. He has taught us how to address certain circumstances in your life. If you have something that's given you a contrary report, speak to it now and say, Shh, it is well. It is well. If there's anyone that is struggling with sickness, place your hand on your stomach and say, It is well. If there's anyone that's having issues financially, say, it is well. It is well. Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, that your word is sure, that we have that confidence and steadfast assurance that you who began that good work in us will complete it until the day of Christ. Lord, you have called us to go upwards and upwards only. You have said we have that goodly heritage, that the lines are falling unto us in pleasant places. Father, I thank you, Lord, that your word says you daily load us with benefits. We saw on the wings of 
eagles. Father, I thank you, Lord, that we are seated with you in heavenly places in Christ. Father, I thank you for it is working in our lives. Father, that our life is a life of glory. Father, I thank you, Lord, that men will look at us and wonder how we can be at peace. But I thank you, Father, that it is working for the glorification of your name and the expansion of your kingdom. It is well with you. Clap your hands for the Lord Jesus Christ. What a God we have. What a salvation we have. Praise the Lord. If there is anyone there and you have not given your life to Christ and you would like to repeat these words after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you that you died for my sins and was raised for my glory. Today, I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. I'm born again. Amen.